My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, and welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us this morning. Um, There is a long, long history uh, in mathematics textbooks which is the worst intro ever to anything. Um, (laughs) You're like, is that what we're doing today? No, that is not what we're doing today. Uh, There is a long history of mathematics textbooks uh, when a usually college professor, these are the folks that write math textbooks. Uh, If you remember when you were in school, where are the answers in a math book? In the back of the book, right. Uh, Sometimes upside down, yes. do you know how the answers got to be there? Somebody did the problem, right? Do you know who does the problems? The students of the math professor. The most common answer, not the right answer, the most common answer is what goes in the back of a book. Oh yes, it is, yes. Which is why you never, ever, ever use the first edition of a math textbook. <laughs> They are littered with errors. They are not very good. Um, And that is my introduction today. I I don't think this is that bad, (laughs) but literally didn't get 10 pages in yesterday, and oh, that's not correct. Um, So one of the things that I would love for us to do today is to be super crystal clear and candid that this is not inspired in any way, shape, or form. It is a work in progress. I literally have the most awkward title in the history of the universe because I am trying to reinforce the concept that this is not everything there. Like, it is too thin to be everything there is about studying the Bible. Like, this is just a direction and approach. Um, So with that, if you wouldn't mind, uh, this is week one of toward a more biblical approach to Bible study. <laughs> I even tried to have an acronym. The acronym's even worse, right? It's even worse. Uh, so if you would, uh, let's open up. Uh, if you got your red books. Let's see, does everybody have one? Need one. Yep. What's that? You left Hey, Jules, I bought the exact right amount. Boom. Um, they take like five days to, she's online, she's not in the room, sorry. If you, <laughs> people like looking around like, where, I don't think Julie's in here, Jim. You, you okay? <laughs> yes, I'm okay. She's in the little box right there. So, um, so Amazon, this, this is, it gets printed on Amazon, right? And they have this, um, they don't, the book doesn't exist until you order it. And when you order it, they print it, and then they ship it. It's like, what? <laughs> this is how Amazon never loses money, <laughs> right? When they get your money, then they spend your money. It's really a shocking approach. All right, so if you got your, uh, your red book, uh, if you'll open up to the dedication page, if you would. That's where we want to start. Because there's a line in here that I think it's important that we don't skip past. So for our Sunday school, so this is for you guys, right? This is intended to be one of the things that I would give away to new people that come into our class, this kind of gives you an idea of what to expect in our Sunday school. 
So fully knowing an infinite God is impossible, but we will strive to as he is worth the effort. And if, if you can kind of wrap your head around like that's our objective and the result of that will always be some measure of frustration. Like always. So I want us to be incredibly comfortable every single day that we walk out of here going, but I wonder, good. God is a wonderful thing. Let me rephrase that. God is a wonderful person to wonder about. So we will not figure it all out. I, I literally, the first line that I got to write, was like, we will not figure it out. <laughs> and that's okay. I am supremely comfortable with that. And then our uh, purpose statement for our Sunday school, uh, may this book help us to experience, know, and enjoy God so we can make him known with our words and our works. All right, so flip over to the table of contents. Give you the outline of what we're doing today. Do you need one? Yes. Now I ordered the right amount. Here we go. I always feel really athletic when I hear the wind rush past through the microphone. It's like, and then I look down and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> All right, so our, uh, our, our plan for this series uh, is we're going to go through the preface in Lord Willing Part 1 today. Uh, we'll do uh, part two, the first three steps uh, next week, part two, steps four, five, and six, two weeks from today, and then we'll spend a week just practicing and poking holes and finding as many, like, w what, what could we add, what is unclear, those types of things. Um, so I'll, I'll give you some questions, and feel free to add as many more questions as you want to this list. But what was unclear? What was outright wrong? What was incomplete? Uh, are there other better examples or texts that we could use to reinforce or support any particular ideas or any ideas that need to be tweaked or adjusted or realigned? Like this is literally first edition stuff, right? So I, I taught a big chunk of this back in late 2018 before we started Mark. So if it for some of you that have been here for a minute, if it sounds familiar, good, it should. <laughs> uh, and if it doesn't sound familiar, this is why we repeat things, because we forget. So what's unclear, what's unhelpful, what's wrong, what's incomplete, and then any other better examples or texts. Um, that's what we're looking for as we go through. All right, so if you were here last week, uh, or if you saw or engaged with last week's lesson, pages six, and most uh, in the top of seven are what we did last week. And then the second paragraph under about this book is really how this book is laid out. So it's the, all the, um, Seth Godin would call it your throat clearing is really part one, right? Just want to make sure we're clear on exactly what we're talking about. Uh, part two is the actual process and then uh, part three are practice pages, which I am very excited about, actually. I think it's a, uh, it was a really good recommendation. So I'll, I'll tell you one thing real quick. If you flip back to the very back and look at the, uh, it's actually page 85. 
About halfway down the acknowledgments is an acknowledgment to my editor, Kiki. And Kiki will not see this. Um, Kiki will see this if, if one specific thing happens one day, and I'm excited about that. But Kiki is an atheist. You're like, why would you ask an atheist to edit your book? I didn't. She asked me if she could. And I was like, Kiki, it's a lot about Jesus. <laughs> she said, yeah, but you need help. <laughs> and she was right. So Kiki's questions and edits to me were from a very sp specific perspective. She did not lean in and engage on any theological truth. So let me give you an example. She's like, I think it's really cool that you put the words of God in red letters in the book. I was like, yes, I sure did. All of God's words are in red letters in the book. She said, no, no, I don't think that's what I meant. I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? She said, well, well like the, the red words are the words that God himself spoke, right? And I said, yes, that's exactly right. God spoke all of the words in the Bible. You, you see the disconnect there, right? So, like, we got to have a lot of these really fun conversations going through this process in the book. And you can, like, y'all know my snark level. Kiki's snark level is, like, ten times higher. So we have, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but my hope one day, my prayer one day, even though this book is not for her, is that she reads it with a different set of eyes one day. Um, so... As we are going through this, if you could pray for my friend Kiki, that would be fantastic. And Kiki, if you get to see this one day, we love you. All right, so um, that next paragraph down, the third paragraph under about this book, uh, its work is a first in a planned larger series of our Sunday School resources studying the New Testament. This scares me to death because Philippians is going to be our very first like volume in this series, and I'm not going to live long enough to teach them all, but I I think I will, Lord willing, live long enough to write them all. So we're going to have a resource for every book in the New Testament. And then when I learn enough about Hebrew, we'll do the Old Testament. Because <laughs> Hebrew is hard. <laughs> like, shockingly, obscenely difficult. Um, yeah, it's just, it's very, very challenging. It's very challenging. All right, so for those of you online who do not have a physical copy of the book, you can go to OurSundaySchool.com. There's a link at the bottom of the home page with it'll go straight to a PDF, a free PDF copy of this book. So there you go. You can follow along with us. Sorry, I forgot to say hello to all of that. All right. So uh, let's keep going with the preface. Okay. So page eight. Uh, one of the things that I love to do is I love to read books about this topic. I don't know if you like to read books or have ever read a book on this topic, but I like to read books on this topic. A ton of the stuff that's in the books that I have listed here has influenced what I have written in this particular book, right? And some of you are thinking, well, if it's already written down, why'd you write it? Because I wanted one for us, quite frankly. So there you go, right? So I want to walk through these real quick. So Jen Wilkins, uh, Jen Wilkins, Jen Wilkins, Women of the Word. Um, I, I don't know that I put these in like my favorite order, but I probably did uh, unconsciously. So if you haven't read this one, like this is shockingly, amazingly, abundantly really good. And if any of you right now are high, is anybody like, I would love a copy of that book. You have one? Awesome. I've given this out many, many times. You probably got it from me, right? He's like, okay, good. That's excellent. Because I have like five in the pulpit. 
Like this is the part of class where we give away books. So if you like books, then I have books. All right. There's some up here if you want to grab one afterward. That's cool. Um, her section on prayer as the portion of Bible study is just unbelievable. Like, it's just really, really good. Um, one that I thought I had in the pulpit up here was Jeffrey Arthur's Devote Yourself to the Public Reading of Scripture. Um, I will tell you, <laughs> uh, Bill Brandenburg put me onto this book, and it was six months before I felt anything other than terror reading the Bible in front of you after I read that book. Like it was just sheer unadulterated terror because I realized that I had gotten, I had, I had never moved out of the, sure, I'll read that Bible verse sloppy phase of reading and handling God's word as opposed to preparing and practicing and making sure that it is presented in a way that is worthy of the fact that we are actually reading out loud God's words. Right? Um, so those of you that have, any type of teaching function where you are reading the Bible and or any type of uh, engagement with children where you are reading the Bible, you want to get this. One of the things that I remember about uh, the Bible when I was growing up is that I heard a lot of people who were not very good readers read the Bible. And it was like, well, like, did you? You couldn't follow along if you were just hearing because it was so poorly read. And we want to make sure that we're handling God's word appropriately. So it's a fantastic resource for that. All right, I don't know how you can list any resource about Bible study without listing Hendricks uh, Living by the Book. This is as old as it gets in my list. Uh, and it's still being printed for a reason. <laughs> it's very good. This is, this is not even like the first, this is probably like the eighth edition or something. I mean, it's just obscenely old. So Dave, you're gonna say something? Oh no. Just an amen? Yeah. Dave got the benefit of having these guys teach him. Like, Couldn't I have been older, right? It's like, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was what? It hurts at this point. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Um, some of you ask me, so, so Jim, like, where do you go? Like, how do you know what a good resource is when you're studying the Bible? And I don't know that I had a really good answer to that question until, I found, until Brian told me about, uh, Brian uh, Smith told me about uh, Danny Aiken's Building a Theological Library. Now, this is available online. You can go to his website and click the buttons, and I think you've got to give him your email address or something. And, but he didn't, he didn't ever send you an email. It's like, I don't know why you collected the information. You're never going to use it, but he never sends you an email. It's crazy. Uh, but this is basically a listing for every topic that you could study in the Bible and for every book in the Bible of good, theologically sound, rich resources to assist you. And you might be thinking, well, that's, that looks like a lot, a lot of books. Yes, it is. But depending upon, the, the real genius is the technical, the pastoral, or the devotional markings. So he labels each one of the resources as, do you want a technical work, which is typically what I am going after because I want to help with the original languages, do you want a devotional work? So am I waking up every morning and this is going to help me go apply and live this out? Or do you need a pastoral work? Are you going to be teaching this? And you need examples and illustrations and those types of things that will go along and correspond with it. Um, a fantastic little free resource. I, I told Brian to ask Dr. Aiken, like, what would a $100 donation to Southeastern, what is it? I don't even know. Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary get me? Like, how many would that get me? They sent me a box of, like, 50. I was like, that was awesome. 
And many of you have one because I gave them away to you. So there you go. It's a really good resource. Um, the next is K. Arthur's How to Study Your Bible. Disa, thank you for the recommendation. Um, the, the, the book itself is, is really good, but the summary at the end, Appendix A, the summary of the inductive process, is like this beautiful little condensed, like I, I don't know how long it would take one to, to learn and experience all of that. Uh, but she is really, really gifted at condensing. Yes, ma'am. Is there a new version of it? Of course there is. You guys crank out books like crazy. No, it's awesome. That's the new version. But oh, okay. There's a workbook? There's a workbook? There's a to a K. Arthur book? What? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> she gets if you do it, you'll remember it. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So there's a workbook. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'm going to go find the workbook. So this is how I develop a good library. <laughs> when somebody tells you something, uh, get the workbook. What's that? Oh, Thesa will get the workbook. Okay, cool. But I got to get the information for the workbook to put it in the, here. So on the next edition, so there we go. All right, and then um, <laughs> this is a weird book. I read this book on the treadmill back back when I back when I did that. Um, which is why, that's why my notes are like, they're all, because <laughs> I don't write very well while I'm, it's just not a good approach. Uh, so How to Read the Bible Like a Seminary Professor, which is perhaps the most daunting title of a book ever. Uh, but he really does, this is David Yarbrough, uh, I'm sorry, Mark Yarbrough. Uh, he really does break things down into very simple terms. So I, I would argue that if I took the uh, study with others chapter of your little red book and blew it out into 300 pages, the answer would look something like this, right? So like, this is a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different questions to ask about a specific text of scripture as you are studying it. So lots of different lenses, lenses that, that you would not naturally just pick up and go, yeah, that makes sense. Let's do that. All right, so those are some resources. So what are the resources? What resources help you guys? What resources have you used that were good? So I, I told you like five minutes ago, like what's missing, what's the, <laughs> this is how that looks like. This is what that looks like. Strong's Concordance, yep. Yeah. So what do we use Strong's Concordance for? So it's an, it's an index of all the words in the Bible and where they show up. So they're like, where does this word show up somewhere else? Yes, absolutely. Good, good. Can you bring that up about week two of Philippians? That'd be awesome. Yes, ma'am? Blue Letter Bible, yes, yes. Yes. It's a host of commentaries and background information, and yes, absolutely. Absolutely. What else? There's a ton of good answers. I mean, there's some bad answers to this question, right? But there's a ton of good answers. If your answer starts with, on channel 72 on Thursday night, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I don't know what channel 72 is. I just made one up. 
reference is the interlinear yes. concordance reverse where you can just go through and it just breaks down and shows verses where it uses that same uh, version of that specific. Yeah, the reverse interlinear will show you where all those parsings that are similar in other parts of the Bible show up. Yes, absolutely. And if reverse interlinear sounds like something that went wrong on your car, then it's, it's not. It's a Bible thing. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get into Philippians too. So. <laughs> yes, Dave? Can you say that last part again? We can sometimes be so word by word that we miss the overall context. Yeah. Yes. This is one of my greatest fears with the approach that we typically do with our Sunday school, which is why we have built in certain speed bumps before we get to chapters to slow us down, to change the focus of the lens, to zoom back out, to ask these questions. Yes. Yeah. Bible knowledge commentary. Actually, it's a very good one. Yeah. yeah. Good. Cool. Good. All right. Let's go to page nine. Um, Jared Wilson in some of his books has this handy little phrase uh, the third paragraph there uh, any theology expressed here should not be construed as representing the theology of Stuart Heights Baptist Church especially when I am wrong or being an idiot um, that was I'd stolen shamelessly from Jared Wilson's books uh, but this is what I need a lot of help with because there are times when I will grab a hold of a concept and I will strangle it with my teeth gritted until it has no life left in it and I need you guys to go ease up just a little, <laughs> you know, back off of that. So, um, and then uh, in the, I don't know what bucket I'll put this into, but I found a company several years ago that takes tweets and turns them into laser engravings. Uh, and this one was really good. It was so good, in fact, that I wanted to get it engraved. So this is one of my favorite bands, City Alight. It's one word, uh, C-I-T-Y-A-L-I-G-H-T. I think they're from Australia. Um, they sound uh, American when they sing, because everybody sounds American when they sing. But uh, this, is, this is what they wrote about their songs. We pray that our songs might join the many thousands of songs written through history to encourage the church, and when they have played their role, to make way for the next ones. And we rejoice that one day, the only name left standing will be the name of Jesus, as it should be. And I just really like that approach, which is why that last paragraph, before we finish the preface, is what it is. So I do not intend in 100 years for this book to make a lot of sense. This is for us right now. So there we go. All right. So let's go to part one, our preparation. If some of y'all are looking at your watches like, Jim, you are not anywhere. We are just fine, guys. Okay. I intentionally wanted to spend a little more time on the intro than that. Um, but just to kind of summarize that first section of, of chapter one here, uh, the Bible gives us input on how to do certain things. And one of the things the Bible gives us input onto is how to engage God and his word. It's not, this, this little book is not trying to answer the, you know, 
what are we going, what does God say about one particular topic here? It's, it's how should we approach and engage scripture? So that's the, like, that's the, yes, sir. What's that? No, this is, this is, egg, thank you, thank you. This is exactly the kind of stuff that I cannot miss. Like, Jim, on the list of resources, maybe you should list the Bible. Yes. Guess where that one's going? At the top of the list, yes. Sorry, Jen, you just got dethroned. <laughs> so, gee whiz, yes. Okay, any other feedback initially? <laughs> you're, you're batting a thousand right now, so yeah. So I, I, will, I will tell you guys this too. So, some of you are very, very comfortable, just like, uh, Jen, you are exceedingly comfortable, like, hey, got a question about this, got feedback on this, in the moment, here you go, there you go. Dave Barber, super helpful, very some of you would never open your mouths in this group, no matter what occurred. Like if there was a fire and you were the only person that saw it, you would text somebody like, hey, I think we have a problem. <laughs> I'm totally comfortable with whatever method you want to use to get me the information and the feedback. So if you want to email me, you want to text me, you want to like hand me your copy, I, I, it's in here. Cool, that's great too. I, and those of you online, exact same thing. Feel free to put it in the comments. Feel free to uh, email me, that's fine. So thank you very much. I left off the Bible? Wow, okay. Yes, it was assumed, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's not, gonna, it's not gonna register, right? There you go. All right, so this is, how to study the Bible. And at the beginning of each one of these, I gave a little blurb about you know, my background or something that was engaging to me or, or that, that I participated in. But on page 16, at the end of page 16, uh, my boss uh, gave me an analogy many years ago uh, about a development program that I was working on. And he said, all right, he said, so, so you got to think about this a different way. Because I was trying to think about it in a very academic, I'm going to I'm going to present information to somebody, and they should be able to figure out and do with it what they needed to do. He's like, no. He's like, think about the person that does your hair. How did they learn how to do your hair? Well, they cut a lot of hair. Yeah, and they made some mistakes, and they figured out how not to do certain things. And the way we learn how to study the Bible is not merely by reading something about it, but by rolling up our sleeves and engaging with it. So this is not a, you read this little book and you're great. No, 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 There's a whole section in the back. To, like I'm entering my, I'm, I'm mustering my inner Allen Iverson here. We're talking about practice, right? This is, we, this, this is practice. And there's two of you that got that joke, so that's awesome. Cool. All right. And if you get it, you. Hello again. Um, all right. So I think we're back now. Sorry about that. This is why my, my wife texted me. I lost the video. So maybe you just lost a little bit. We'll see. Um, yes, so we will clear that up about the pages. Thank you very much. All right, so let's go to chapter two, our assumptions. I am a mathematician, so, you know, it is what it is. You state your assumptions before you start the proof. 
this is the order in which uh, I've chosen to do this. So assumption number one, Christians talk about the Bible. Um, if you don't talk about the Bible in some way, shape, or form, I'm not saying you're not a Christian, but I am saying Christians talk about the Bible. So there we go. Uh, we don't always follow a Bible-informed process. Uh, the, the question for me here is probably, you know, I don't know if you ever had a, a conversation with somebody about the Bible, and you went back later, and you're like, I wish I could redo that. Anybody ever had that happen? Like, ugh, yes. Um, every time I teach, this is the way that I feel. Like, ah, there was something else. There was more. There was better. There was a, this approach, this answer. Um, and then I would argue that, that we can do better, right, that we can do better. Um, something I wrote at the bottom of page 19, the message of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ deserves our best, our best words, our best intentions, and our best approaches. And best doesn't happen on accident, right? You, we very rarely just like, oh, you know what? That was the best possible way to do that. <laughs> it, it doesn't happen that way for me, I'll tell you that. So uh, very unusual. All right, so let's go to, uh, so yeah, so chapter, chapter two is really just, I just want to state some things pretty clearly. Uh, chapter 3, our objectives, um, Titus 2, 1 through 5. I'll read this text for us. So, but you are to proclaim the things consistent with sound teaching. Older men are, be to self, are to be self-controlled, worthy of respect, sensible and sound in faith, love, and endurance. In the same way, older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not slaves to excessive drinking. They're to teach what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be self-controlled, pure, workers at home, kind, and in submission to their husbands so that God's word will not be slandered. And I, I picked this text because Paul writes to Titus and he tells him, like, what should old age look like? And if we know what old age should look like, then... Perhaps there are things that we can do to be prepared now to be practicing, to be exercising, to be working these things out so that when we get there, and I, you, you define old however you want to define old, right? So there you go. Um, but I, I would view this as a beautiful gift from our God that he tells us what he expects not only right now but later as well. I don't know if you ever had a class from anybody and... Uh, and the final exam was not what you anticipate. Anybody ever this experience? Yeah, I, I had this uh, history of Western civilization with Dr. Edward Pinozian. Uh, it did not go well. <laughs> it almost went so poorly, I got to do it again. <laughs> uh, but for the grace of rounding, I think, was what saved me there. So we are to call to be, uh, uh, to be prepared. Secondary is to be faithful. So 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, a person should think of us in this way as servants of Christ and managers of the mysteries of God. In this regard, it is required that managers be found faithful. Most of the other translations uh, use the word stewards. Uh, but the idea here is that, that we have been given something that is incredibly helpful. Um, and if you, has anybody ever heard anybody on our church staff say, your time, talents, and treasures? Yes. I would add one to that, uh, and you've only been here, what, like <laughs> three years, four years? About a year. A year, yeah. <laughs> and it comes up a few times, right? Uh, I would add another one to the list. I would add truth. Uh, we are to be found faithful with how we handle and what we do with this. Um, 
Uh, third thing is be engaging. Uh, one of the scribes, Mark 12, 28 through 30, one of the scribes approached when he heard him debating and saw that Jesus answered them well. He asked him, which command is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Is there any area of our life that is excluded from that list? He's all in, right? He's covered it all. It's all of us. So this be engaging is not a da-da-da-da-da, I'm fi-. No, no, no. Like we're to engage all parts of ourselves as we pursue God. He is worth all of it. Absolutely all of it. All right, so then the last section of this part one is our assertions. And I'm just rolling. If you guys have feedback, you stop me. You throw something soft. And like, <laughs> I said that once to a group of nine through, nine through 12 year olds. And one of them threw something not soft. And it was, we had to define, like, these are the boundaries here, right? That was a joke. So this is what we don't do. Um, do, do does anybody remember learning how to read? You remember learning how to read? Do you remember what book you were reading? What's that? Dick and Jane. Dick and Jane. Awesome. What about you, Zig? You remember the book you were learning how to read on? I don't remember the title. It was just uh, you know, different sounds, similar sounds. Okay. The, cool. The, the yeah. Awesome. Anybody else? Remember the book you learned how to read on? Mine was John chapter 1. I remember sitting at a, um, if you grew up on a farm, you know that when you buy, when you buy uh, barbed wire in bulk, I don't mean like, I need five feet up. No, 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 no. I need a roll of barbed wire, like a roll. It comes on a this is massive spindle-looking thing. Well, we used it as a table because you don't throw away stuff that is functional. And that table was in my room. And I remember sitting around that round table, my tiny little chair pulled up, and my mom leaned over, and we were sounding out, in, 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 the, b, it, like beginning was the third word she threw at me, like, you know, there we go, it worked, I'm still reading, so that's cool, she did a good job, I think, um, but these were the first, these were the first words that I remember learning how to read in a sentence, so in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, he was with God in the beginning, all things were created through him, And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And I'll tell you, I I struggle with finding a more densely packed piece of literature for the author making statements about what the author believes to be true than the first four verses of the first chapter of John. It is stunning what John declares to be true here. He lays all of his, like, Mark comes at it like, I'm going to tell you the beginning of the story, cool. John's like, I'm going to hit you in the nose repeatedly with who Jesus is from the first swing. And you're like, whoa, like that's, that is a lot. That is a lot. So the last part of the throat clearing here is to tell the reader and for us to get aligned on what we believe about the Bible itself before we start to study the Bible. Thank you again for telling me the Bible was not on the list. That is just going to bug me for... Yes. Ugh. 
I'm telling you what, that's just fantastic. All right, so assertion number one, God tells us what the Bible is. Uh, and if you have read Grudem's Introduction to Systematic Theology, this rhymes <laughs> to the point where I needed to put a footnote because it is this, right? Uh, it is authoritative, so these are God's words. It speaks with the authority that God speaks. It is inerrant. There are no errors whatsoever in God's words. It is clear. Um, that <laughs> the crazy thing is that there are folks that have theological views that, um, that believe this is, in fact, God's word, but we can't understand it which is just shockingly disheartening, right? I mean, like, no, we can absolutely understand it. Do we understand it as well as God himself understands it? No, of course not. But we can understand it to the degree that God wants us to understand it. It is necessary. So you cannot walk through the Christian life uh, without God's word. And it is sufficient. And there's not another, like, the little red book is not necessary to grow in it. No, 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 no. These are things that help us. These are things that hopefully are, are beneficial, but what is necessary is God's word itself. So 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart, like, whoa, that's heavy, heady stuff. So God tells us what the Bible is. God tells us what the Bible gives us. The Bible gives us all things that we need for life and godliness. Uh, page 30, God tells us the resources that he provides for us. And this is a beautiful truth. You know, not only, not only does God determine what we need, but God provides what we need. So he sets the standard and then he meets the standard. Because we can't meet the standard without him in any way, shape, or form. So this is uh, shockingly, shockingly helpful. And one of the things that I, I'm trying to do in this series is Galatians 2, 11 through 13. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For he regularly ate with the Gentiles before certain men came from James. However, when they came, he withdrew and separated himself because he feared those from the circumcision party. Then the rest of the Jews joined his hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. Like where there are things that are not right, we should stand up to each other and lovingly engage and participate in the process of helping each other. So, the last thing I'll say before we stop is the very last sentence on page 32. Um, I fundamentally believe that the pray, hear, think, study, share, invite process can and should be done with all of our interactions around Scripture. I think it can be done with a four-year-old who asks, who's Jesus? And I think it can be done as a preacher stands to proclaim God's word in a pulpit. So the scale with which we flex it should be governed and dictated by wisdom in the situation. Obviously, if a four-year-old asks you who Jesus is, you're not going to say, well, I'm going to get back to you in 20 hours after I've studied this. And we like, no, 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 <laughs> right? And we would want a little more prep from those that are going to be preaching God's word to us than, you know what? I thought of something as I was walking up the steps. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a little bit more. <laughs> I'm gonna need a little bit more, right? Um, so that is the preface in part one. Um, yeah. So as you have jotted things down, feel free to send them to me now. Feel free to email it to me. Feel free to wait till the end of the series. That's cool too. Um, however you want to do that, I'm happy with that. But uh, you should have a page on your table that says about our Sunday school. So at the bottom of that, if you would, make sure everybody's name that's at your table is there. And then on the other side is our prayer requests. So take a minute and if you've got any prayer requests to update those, uh, any new prayer requests, list those as well. And then uh, hang out with some folks for a minute. Pray as a table. When you're finished praying as a table, you're free to go and to worship the one who uh, all of this is about. Right? We don't do this for head knowledge. We do this to know more about our God so that we can uh, serve him as he should be served. So uh, thanks so much. Uh, weeks two and three are going to look very much like this. Week four is going to be a lot more practice-oriented, Lord willing, and then we'll start the following week, probably the second week in July, uh, with Philippians. So thanks, guys. Thanks for engaging, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.